Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Wes Rucker on this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And we're not talking fall camp. We're not breaking news on the recruiting trail. We're not talking baseball on the Diamond Vols podcast. We're talking basketball. Basketball, because Tennessee will be in action on Friday afternoon here in the States. At least that's what time it'll start for us. I believe it's at 1 o'clock on Friday and then 1 o'clock on Saturday and I think like 1.30 on Monday. We'll get into the schedule a little more in depth here in a moment. But they're overseas in Italy. And I honestly do not know what time <laughs> in, in Italy time that would be. I'm assuming it's it's in the evening. But uh, Tennessee basketball, they've had a nice couple of months of uh, working out and getting ready for the upcoming season. Uh, and their summer concludes with a 10-day trip to Italy. Oh, how nice that must be to 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 end the summer and, and conclude summer workouts. So uh, Wes and I need to get on here and, and talk a little basketball and, and discuss uh, kind of what we're looking forward to learning about this basketball team. Wes, we're in camp mode. Uh, we're, I guess, now two days in, although practice number one was this morning. Uh, but I'll be honest, I- I'm really excited for football season. Uh, I'm I'm still in the portion of camp where, where I'm excited and enjoying the day-to-day. Ask me again in two weeks, and I'll probably have a, a different answer. So uh, although I'm in, in football mode and, and kind of moving on from baseball, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch this basketball team uh, this weekend and, and see what we're going to learn about them. Yeah, I am too, Ben. And, and you know, it, it's interesting. It's kind of our jobs, basically, the two of us, is to sort of learn – or know what's going on with most of the sports most of the time. So it's like you you kind of take off one hat and put on another hat a minute later and then put the other hat back on and it's it can be kind of confusing but it's it's nice like I it's it's why I love what we do. Although uh confession time, uh I do not love uh, that I'm sitting in the Fort Rucker studio right now and the AC is not working. Um, I have a really, really old house. I've talked about this a lot. Quick story. Really, really old house. And um, by far the biggest room in the house is the home office here, the the studio. And 
because of that and because it's a super old house, like it kind of has its own separate HVAC unit. So there's kind of like two HVAC units outside. And this one has is the only one that has that one. And this one is not working. So like the rest of the house is like a nice, cool, like 68, 69, 70 degrees. And in here, it feels like I am in a sauna. So yeah, not it, it was great what? that this happened right here on, on, on the day of the football camp starting. But it's kind of a nice segue because, you know, in most of Europe, they don't have air conditioners. So, you know, it's sort of maybe like a, an homage to them going overseas. <laughs> maybe so. I, I feel your pain. Uh, my my AC is not out, but uh, my little bonus room that I'm sitting in and, and kind of office, uh, it, it was built onto the house at a later date. So I, I'm like on a separate unit here in, here yeah. in my office, the, the old school, like the units that you see in a, in a hotel room. Uh, and, and it is significantly warmer in this office than the rest of the house. It, it's like two different buildings. And uh, I, I've got a fan pumping right now. I've, I've got the unit. And, and the, the thing about recording podcasts in the summer is I get real hot because the unit is so loud yep. when it kicks on yep. to, to generate all the, the cool air. Like it's impossible to record a podcast next to it. And I'm literally sitting right next to it. So I have to crank up the fan uh, across the room and, and, I'll lower this one, so I I feel it's just not a fight. At least it's a, at least it's just a regular talking podcast and not like a video podcast because I'm sitting here in a like a a uh, painting the picture for you here a Nike track and field tank top because when you think of me you think Nike track and field star, um, but yeah that's uh, maybe more of the shot put variety than the sprinting variety. But yeah it's it's here we are and, and it's 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 August second football camp has started. Uh, baseball season ended like 30 seconds ago and, and there's still like the draft and Drew Gilbert getting traded and now that's it's basketball so it's like let's just throw it all on the pile. <laughs> and Zane Denton technically has not announced what he is going yeah. uh, to, to do and in, in, in today's day and age of, of college athletics for every sport is the transfer portal ever closed. Doesn't uh, seem so, like it. Uh, th- there is no such thing as, as an off-season. And as a sports fanatic and a, a sports diehard, I- I'm quite honestly okay with that because uh, there was a time where uh, June and, and July, it-, it was it was pretty long uh, waiting for football to, to arrive. And, oh, and I played longer. golf and loved it. I played golf. I didn't have didn't have any kids yet. <laughs> you know, this, uh, the Tennessee baseball wasn't in the postseason all the time, so it was like a nice like six to eight weeks of just like playing golf like three times a week, and it was awesome. Like my wife and I go out of town whenever we wanted, and it was uh, – life is different now, but it's good because here we are and, and we're talking hoops, and it's all good. We are, uh, and again, I'm very excited to watch this team – play this weekend because I, I I don't know I may need to pump the brakes some because I, I am extremely high on, on this basketball team after watching uh, a, a couple of practices and and we'll get on or we'll, we'll get into the things that we're interested in learning uh, about this team Wes uh, but first and foremost I, I think the main objective and, and Rick Barnes has said this out loud uh, in, in some media availabilities last month, and, and Justin Ganey as well, the assistant coach. The, the main objective and the idea behind this trip was just for the entire program to spend time w- with one another. And I thought it was really cool that Rick Barnes said that he wanted to reward his players for the, their commitment to the program. And uh, obviously Rick is is hard on his players, so when I say – for everything that they go through, I'm not necessarily meaning 
like putting up with Rick on a day-to-day basis because Rick has good relationships with his players, but uh, just a, a reward uh, for, for all their hard work and, and kind of dedication to the program. And, and I think that's really cool. And I also think it's really important, Wes, because in the day and age of the transfer portal, there's guys exiting and there's guys entering constantly. And, and we kind of talked about this throughout baseball season on the baseball podcast. I mean, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge and it's kind of a, a flip of the coin and, and 50-50 in terms of is the team going to like each other? Um, because there can be so much attrition both ways. I, I, Dave Van Horn talked about it at the SEC tournament, Arkansas's baseball coach. He, he was scared to death going into to fall yeah. practice uh, after bringing in so many transfers as to whether they would get along in, in the locker room. They they just did not know, and, and he said that they got lucky and, you know, they, they jailed well early on. And, and like Tennessee baseball, that, that didn't click immediately for them. They didn't dislike each other or, or hate each other, but they weren't as close as they – came to be at the end of the season which allowed them to be successful so uh it ended up being a, a pretty familiar roster I, I don't think when uh the the morning after Tennessee loses to FAU in the Sweet 16 in in Madison Square Garden I, I don't think that w- we would have expected for as many familiar faces to return uh I, I did not expect uh Josiah Jordan James back whatsoever that was a complete surprise uh, still is a complete surprise, and, and it's pretty funny to to watch uh, him run around on the court because he is like an old man yelling at the clouds out there in, in practice. It's it's pretty funny. Uh, and Santiago Vescovi, out of Josiah, him, uh, Urosh, Olivier, Santi always felt the most likely of that bunch to return, but I, I honestly thought it was probably less than, than 50-50 uh, that, that he would return. So all of a sudden... You know, you, you fast forward to August and and get ready for this trip, and, and there are a lot of familiar faces, but there's also some newness as well. You, you do have four, I guess, three freshmen uh, since Freddie DeLeon decided to, to re-enroll and uh, go through the spring semester, but J.P. Estrella's new, Cameron Carr's new, Kate Phillips is new, uh, and then you also add two new um, transfers in Dalton Connect and also Little Ganey, a.k.a. Jordan Ganey, uh, the walk-ons are new. I know that's yeah, like all of them, basically, almost it seems yeah, like basically all of all of the walk-ons are new. So you have a nice nucleus returning, um, but you also have quite a bit of newness. And I think first and foremost, you know, obviously learning some things on the basketball side of things will be very important. But getting to know each other more and just grow that that team chemistry, I think that's as important as anything that they're going to try and accomplish this week on the floor. Yeah, cause, cause, there's so many reasons, but but really two reasons why that's really interesting to me. The the first one is, I think last season we, we we saw how important it was for a team to stick together because there was so much external frustration about that team last season. Um, there was sort of this sort of j- just constant struggle of, wait, are they really good? No, they're not very good at all. Wait, no, maybe they're really, really good. Wait, maybe they're not. And and so there was kind of this push and pull, and the fan base never, other than a few fleeting moments, never feel like it really fully embraced that bunch. And it was a frustrating year, and the locker room clearly felt that frustration, and it clearly became a thing, right? Like nobody really wanted to talk about it, but it was a thing. It was absolutely a thing. And it's so important in those situations 
you know, it's like they tell you all the time, like it, it, there's a guy on the left, the guy on your right, the guys in your circle, that's your guys. And no matter what's going on around that, those guys had to stay together. And I think for the most part they did, and I think that's what helped them um, and, and still should have gone a little further in the tournament. But still, they were able to patch together something pretty pretty solid there. And I think that's important in, in moments like this because these these kind of trips are where you can sort of create more of those bonds, right? You're, you're in Italy. You're in one of the most beautiful countries in the world. You're seeing all this cool stuff. You're also playing basketball. Uh, you're with your coaches and teammates, and, and probably it's just it's an important time. And, and that, to me, is, the, is an important thing. And the other thing for me in terms of just sort of globally looking at it there's a lot of guys on this team. Like, there's a lot. And we've already seen a little bit of attrition because clearly one transfer came in and then didn't necessarily think that some of those other guys were coming back and they come back and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, am I going to get minutes now? And so he goes right back out the door and, and you can't blame him for doing that because there's just a lot of guys. And when you start putting together five-man lineups, right? Like right now, that team we're going to see in Italy, you know, Zakai Ziegler won't be playing. But he, when he gets back out, you know he's playing 30 minutes a game when he's healthy. You know he is. And that's at, a, that's at the basement, right? Because there's not a lot of pure point guards on this team. And he might be the only, really, really the only pure one. So there's going to be a lot of competition for a lot of minutes. And a lot, I'm just telling you right now, some of these guys on this team, they're not going to get the minutes they think they're getting right now. They're not going to get them. And so that bond that you create now, those relationships you create now, you better do that. And those better be real things because the second things start getting thick, the second the season starts, there's going to be some guys who are not going to be playing a lot of minutes and they're not going to be very happy about that. But if they're totally bought into the culture, if they're bought into their teammates, maybe maybe it's okay. If they're not, it, it could be a problem. Because again, even on like a, a team bin with like 13 you know scholarships and you know, normally most teams, you know, like the eight to 10 guys who are kind of going to play, right? You kind of know that. This team, man, it's got like 13 guys, at least 12 guys, where it's like, that guy's got to play. That guy's got to play. And there's like a dozen of them, and you can't play 12 guys. You really can't. So that's why this whole thing looks so interesting to me, because I see just a such a wide range of possibilities with this bunch. Really good or really bad or somewhere in the middle. Well, I will be very, very surprised if if they are bad. Uh, I, I would be very. very I meant, surprised. I meant like the vibes. Like they're yeah, they're yeah, not going to yeah. be a bad team, but I mean, it's like the vibes because that's that's yeah, that's some stuff up. there. Yeah, that 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 for sure is is something uh, that that could potentially take place. I, I would be surprised by that, and, and I'm not saying that you think for sure that is that it is going to happen and, and you're only pointing out that it could happen and it's a very fair point but i would i would be surprised if if that did end up taking place just because there are a lot of familiar faces they all know each other they all seem to really really like each other there's real love in that program like they yes. re, they recruit to their kind of guys and Absolutely. they they it really does feel like a family like for all their ups and downs they are internally character wise like you can't you can't complain about that like those guys that, that yeah, they're they're the the love they have for each other is very real. It's it, it, and it's because they're like minded people. I think. Yeah, and and you talking about the minutes situation and, and and saying that there are guys that are not going to be playing the minutes that they probably deserve. 
that made me think back to the conversations we had kind of about Tennessee's bullpen and the amount of pitchers. And I I think on the positive side of things, they all understand, like, if they put put in the work and they handle their business, like, everything's going to take care of itself for the most part, Uh, especially when you – when you look at future opportunities professionally, like yeah. e- even if you don't play the the minutes um, that that you maybe deserve, not because Rick Barnes is is making horrible coaching decisions with the rotation, but just because there's so much depth on the team, like team pro teams will will realize that and they'll they'll recognize yeah. that, uh, and, and you won't be diminished for that. So I, I think that they understand as as long as they handle their business, uh, that that will take care of itself. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be a real issue because, and look, I've seen two and a half practices in, in July, and I I saw, I guess that's an hour and a half uh, w- with basketball. They only let us film if we choose to film or take photos like the first 10 minutes or so. Uh, but unlike football, they, they do allow us to stay and, yeah, they're and great watch about that. practice. Yeah. And so take it with a grain of salt. I'm seeing and and. and three one and a half hour practices the entire month of July and uh, they're they're practicing all throughout the summer and the coaches are are with them constantly but like I've I've been very very impressed with what I've seen and guys taking jumps and the depth of this team seems to be a real real thing to to where it, it there are going to be guys that don't get the minutes that they deserve. Again, not because Rick is necessarily screwing up the rotation or, or something along those lines, but just because there are so many guys. Like I, I would not at all be surprised if midway through the season or midway through conference play, we're talking about this this team being the, the team that Rick Barnes has had the most depth with yeah. uh, at Tennessee. Very and, possible. And watching practice, like there's not one guy that, that I sit there and watch that, that I think, Oh, I can't stand watching him play. There's not a single one. Now, there's some guys in, in different phases of their career, obviously, and you have higher opinions on, on some guys than, than other guys, and, and you recognize that the ceiling is is different for the better players than, than some of the youngsters right now, and, and that you realize that some guys need more developing. But the the depth has been the thing that has stood out the most to me. Uh, and again, there, there's not a guy, even the, the freshman, you know, Cade Phillips, uh, the freshman who was originally from Alabama, and then he went up to Link Academy there in Missouri to play his senior season. He hasn't been practicing a ton because he's been a little banged up. Uh, but, you know, J.P. Estrella, you see why Tennessee liked mm-hmm. him. Cameron Carr, he, he can put the ball in the bucket. Uh, D.J. Jefferson has been so much fun to watch. And we talk about being excited to watch Jemai Meshack play defense. I can't wait to watch DJ Jefferson play defense this year, and especially when he gets some experience and games played under his belt and it clicks for him and he's not really thinking and he's just letting his athletic ability take over and go play. Like I'm telling you, there, there's not a single guy, at least in my opinion, that is like, oh, I, I, I'm ready for him to leave. I'm, I'm tired of, of, of watching him. And, and it's been very impressive. And again, last thing, Wes, like, I'm emphasizing, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. I, 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 I've seen a very small portion in terms of everything that they've done 
uh, throughout the summer and and it's never as great as it seems just like it's never as bad as it seems yeah i think one thing when we can talk you know more specifics about different players and stuff probably in the second segment but but i, I think when you talk about numbers when you talk about numbers and you talk about athleticism you're giving a basketball coach free license to just play fast to go fast and and that's been something several times over the years where we've heard a lot of talk about playing fast we haven't always seen that translate into the actual you know tempo stats so will this team play a little faster because it's got a bunch of older guys and it's just got a lot of guys like if it can make the pace of play go up and down it's kind of in a way it's sort of maybe a more polished version of what we've seen Arkansas do you know, the past few years is they just play so many guys and they're playing such short bursts that they're playing as fast as they want because, you know, there's just so many of them. And their belief is that they have the athleticism, they have the numbers. I mean, they're reading games a couple of games last year where those guys had like two or three guys foul out and they won the game because they just have so many guys and they play so fast and they wear you out. And if Tennessee wants to play that way, it'll never play that style because – it, it, fully because the way Barnes plays basketball and, and the way Arkansas plays, they're not the same thing. But you could have some principles there, like in just terms of playing fast. And I want to see – we won't see this as much, like really until the season starts and until you start playing like really good like games against really good teams that, that, that are your peers and mean a lot. But uh, you'd like to see some little teases in this little tour here about will they actually play fast – you know, this is the time to go try it. If you think that this bunch can do it, even without Ziegler, even better. When he's not there, who else can do it? Who else can push tempo? Who You got a bunch of guys who have played a lot of basketball for you, and you got some athletes. So go play fast. Definitely play 94 feet defensively and get all up in people's business and see where it goes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to, to see how much – Rick and the coaching staff lets the dog off the leash mm-hmm. uh, because I, I don't think that they really dove in a ton to uh, defensive principles and in terms of the nitty gritty middle of the season, you know, <laughs> getting into its best of the best stuff. I, I think they've, they've really been working on the principles of, of the defense and, and kind of the basics. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to, to, to see the defense maybe give up a, a little more than than we're used to just because I, I do think uh, and this should excite Tennessee fans I, I think offense has been a huge area of emphasis this offseason you, you heard uh, we've talked about it on on the last basketball podcast. thank the basketball gods <laughs> yes uh, for many reasons but Rick at the big orange caravan stop in in both Nashville and in Knoxville said We've got to get better offensively. We have to be a better shooting team. And we he went out and, and added guys that do that. Jordan Ganey, he has a very nice stroke. How many minutes he's going to play, where in the rotation he's going to be, I, I don't know. But he can shoot the basketball. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. And Dalton Connect, I've seen it with my own eyes, and I've heard a bunch of people talk about it in the program, behind the scenes. He's a bucket, that, that, yeah. That kid is a bucket getter. And we'll, we'll see if he holds up defensively, but he's he's a guy that just puts the ball in, in the bucket and, and he just looks different than, than a lot of guys offensively. And not only 
is he skilled offensively? He's a big dude, tall and kind of lanky, but also filled out to a certain extent uh, as well. I, I think we're already starting to see uh, the benefits uh, of working with Garrett Med- Medinwall, the the strength mm-hmm. coach uh, for Tennessee. So you, you've seen them address needs. And then also, Rick, last week, uh, speaking with the media before they took off for Italy, he said he was talking about, uh, I think it was my question that I asked about Dalton Connick and, and Jordan Ganey and, and how they've transitioned. And, and he was kind of uh, going into an answer about them adjusting defensively. And he prefaced that answer about them still working on the defensive side and, and trying to get adjusted. Because yeah. he's right and he's going to say it, yeah. By by saying, like, we 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 wanted to get better – offensively and there's no doubt that we think that we did and that we we're shooting the ball really well right, right now and because we've we've focused on that this offseason these guys are still trying to catch up defensively so uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that translates uh, in these upcoming games but it, in terms of like rotational stuff Wes I think that's obviously the the biggest question I I think the the biggest emphasis this trip is to spend time together, work on that team chemistry. Then in terms of basketball stuff, my biggest question mark is just kind of seeing, okay, wh- where do you guys slide in? You mentioned Chris Ledlam uh, decided to leave after Josiah Jordan James returned. Tobey Awaka, he's had a tremendous offseason. Yeah, I was going to talk about him in the second segment for sure, for sure. On Ledlam was kind of banged up with a knee injury, homesick. Uh, so for whatever reason, he's gone, and that impacts Tennessee's post play. It, it does. Uh, I, I think Tennessee's going to have to play smaller. I think they're already kind of planning on on being a, a small ball team uh, for a good chunk of the time, but I think they're really going to have to to play small at times. But JP Estrella, who was going to have a role, is going to have to have a a bigger role now because Chris Ledlam has decided to to go back home. So what does JP look like? What does that front court look like with Tobe and Jonas? I think both of them have, have had really, really nice off seasons. I, I, we've seen Tobe offensively do well with Team USA, but I want to continue to see those offensive improvements because one thing that we voiced our concern with, Wes, was it, it's a little risky going into next season without adding a, a veteran post player because mm-hmm. can Jonas and Tobe handle the load offensively? And now all of a sudden Tobe's kind of hinted at maybe being able to do just that offensively on top of rebounding, on top of playing defense. It looks like his offensive game has improved. So very inter- interested to see how those three, Estrella, Jonas, Tobe, kind of what they're working with this weekend. And then I think we'll see Josiah at the four as well. So that front court and then with Zakai being out, I think Freddie DeLeon, I, I, he's he's had a tremendous offseason as well. And, and he's just an absolute bucket getter. Uh, he, he is probably the most gifted offensive player on the team. And it, it's an absolute thing of beauty to, to watch him uh, in practice. And, and he still has his freshman moments and, and young mistakes, turning the basketball over here and there, getting lost on defense, uh, trying to do too much by making a highlight pass down the court. But uh, aside from those 
youngster mistakes that are going to happen with with just about any youngster. I mean that that kid is just absolutely blessed offensively, and, and it's a joy and a treat to watch him play offensive basketball. And I think he's given a little more hope that he can handle the primary ball handler role. You've still got Jamai. You've got Santi, uh, Jordan Ganey. I, I think he's looked pretty good mm-hmm. in terms of being a, a primary ball handler when I've seen him do it in practice. Uh, but Freddie, he he looks he looks ready to to have a, a huge impact right now and, and by the time the season rolls around. So that front court and, and then kind of the primary ball handler role with Zakai being out and forcing Freddie to take on a, a much larger role early in the season, those are more the two basketball questions and, and curiosities that I have going into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, for sure, I, I'll, I'll talk, I guess, more about the front court in, in the second segment probably. But but right now, I'll just say the the, the point guard play, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, I'm not saying it's a good thing that Zakai Ziegler's out. I'm not I'm not going to say that's a good thing because you, you would rather have all your guys there and more time for everybody to gel. But it does force other guys to do things that maybe – make them a little bit uncomfortable. It forces guys to, you know, not just play point guard in terms of, okay, you know, you're going to have to kind of just manage the position because these games mean a lot because they're still late in the season and you're trying to extend your season, you're in the postseason. So just play at the pace you can play comfortably, maintain possession, don't turn it over, let the offense get initiated. That's kind of what it felt like at times without Ziegler last year. But but now you go into a situation like this, these games, I'm not saying results don't matter, but results don't matter. They really don't. Um, you'd like to win, of course, but but really you can let those guys go play point guard and play it as quickly as they can and play fast. And if they make mistakes, they make mistakes. That could be a blessing in disguise that, that Ziegler, assuming he makes a full recovery, which he's a guy Ziegler, he's kind of Superman, he probably will. Um, he looks, he's looking really good. If everything I've heard looks really good, we've seen some videos and, you know, he'd be, he, he, he'd play on this trip if they let him. I mean, that's just who he is, but might be better that they're forcing some of these guys, <clears throat> excuse me, Meshack, um, you know, Ganey, Carr, obviously Vescovy, all these guys, right? Just get on the ball, push it, try to get uncomfortable and see what you can do. There's no doubt about that. And, and Zakai has looked good moving around. Uh, as well when I've seen him in practice and he's not like going five on five at, at least when when we're there uh, the media I haven't heard of him doing it at all yet but and, and just watching him move on the other end of the floor it, it's him uh, and G the strength coach uh, being his rebounder and, and passing him the basketball but uh, you know Z does kind of some some dribble pull-ups to his right to his left just different things like that and I'm I'm obviously no doctor, but uh, for a guy that um, had ACL surgery in March, uh, it, it seems like he's progressing really, really well, and he'll be limited to to start the season. Um, but it, it it looks and sounds like by at the latest the start of conference play, he he's going to be full go, and I, I think that's a best case scenario. There's no need to to run him into the ground. Uh, in the non-conference schedule, it, it may be frustrating if uh, you, you you come up short uh, against North Carolina and you feel like if you had Zakai, then you probably win that game or uh, the trip to Wisconsin or, or playing Illinois at home. You're, you're playing in an absolutely loaded Maui Invitational. It, it'll be frustrating if, if you lose those games and, and you feel like if, if you have Zakai, like that would have gotten you over the hump in those games. 
but conference play is is more important and building towards the NCAA tournament uh, is is far more important and and Rick Barnes continues to say like hey we're we're he's ahead of schedule he he's doing everything he needs to do as you would expect from Zakai Ziegler but we're not going to risk anything we're, we're still going to uh, hold him back as much as we need to and, and make sure that we're checking off all the boxes uh, that we need to. But uh, Zakai is going to be perfectly fine. Uh, I think he'll be available in some capacity that that first month or so in the season at, at some point. Uh, so t- Tennessee is going to be just fine. And um, maybe I'm getting too far ahead of myself, but I also kind of think that Tennessee is going to be somewhat fine without him uh, with, with Freddie and Santi and Josiah and um, Meshack and, and Little Ganey, so so many different guys that that can uh, handle the ball. So uh, I, I know Tennessee fans are chomping at the bit to get Zakai back, and and when they do, uh, he will be ready to go. Uh, we have a couple of more things we want to discuss. I know Wes wants to discuss the front court, and we will do that after this break. Welcome back into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. I'm Ben McKee, and he is Wes Rucker talking a little Tennessee basketball. That's right, Tennessee basketball on day two of fall camp because Rick Barnes decided to schedule a 10-day trip to Italy in which they will play three exhibition games on Friday, Saturday, and Monday coming up. So I wanted to give you all, the good people, a little audio preview of what to expect and, and i'll have some some written stuff up on the site here in the coming days uh, leading into the weekend uh, but wanted to give you a, a little audio preview as well and before we continue our preview i'm going to take a minute to ask that you go like rate and review the podcast wherever you do get your podcast we are churning out podcasts left and right i believe this is podcast number three on the week or maybe it's podcast number two i don't know we're, we're gonna end up with with three or four yeah it's gonna be gonna be at least four this week i would imagine yes and and we've been having three or four for several weeks in a row now uh it feels like and it's football season so we'll continue to have more so uh if if you if you know a tennessee fan that does not listen to our podcast smack him in the face or you can just simply hit that little share button and shoot them a text message with the link to the podcast. Mm-hmm. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Wes, sounds like you're, uh, I talked about Tennessee fans chomping at the bit to get Zakai Ziegler back. Sounds like you're chomping at the bit to watch Tobey Awaka play this weekend. Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, you know, that USA, uh, the, the team that they put together to go play overseas, sometimes because a lot of the very, very, very best, like A1 top-shelf prospects are sort of preparing for the draft and things at that point, you don't always get, like, like the, the future first-round or immediate first-round picks going to play for Team USA, so it's a little bit different. But still, I think Tobey Awaka... I'm not sure anybody was sort of surprised that he was invited to go because he's so physically, you know, just big kid and strong and great rebounder. And you could see, you know, with the character and everything else, why he'd be a guy you'd want in there for tryouts. I'll be honest. I didn't really think he'd make the team. Uh, I just I just didn't. Um, And maybe that's unfair to him. But I've always liked him as a long term prospect. I just didn't know that at this point in in his development, he'd be able to make that team. And, and he makes that team, you know, because Freddie DeLeon also tried out for that team and, and, you know, was one of the final guys cut and didn't make it. Awaka made the team and ended up being one of the best players on the team. I mean, you know, one of the leading scorers, the leading rebounder, best rebounder in the tournament. Like, 
he, you watch some of the videos, and, and this is from some of the international teams overseas, and, and those are good teams. Like, they got some good players on there. You know, the USA didn't win that tournament. But I, you didn't really see a walk getting big-boyed at all in a lot of the, I mean, he was big-boying some, some grown men right there, you know, from the best, some of the best around the world. That's huge. For the, I mean, think about this guy. He might be not just a little bit ahead, but way ahead of where at least I thought, and maybe a lot of other people, I'm, I'm guessing, thought he would be right now. And because he's a guy who, if he plays well enough offensively to get you like 10, 11, 12 points a game, just, just by rim running and being around the bucket, putbacks, force, you know, the occasional mid range jumper, forcing the ball inside. But if he can be good enough offensively to command that many minutes, he's going to get a billion rebounds. I mean, th- th- this guy, he just, when, when, when the ball's up in the air, that thing is his. It's absolutely his. And I could see, uh, I'm interested to see kind of he and, and Adu kind of, if, if they play it all together or if they mix them up into two different teams. But if they could dovetail off each other in a couple of lineups, I think that'd be interesting to see. Um, I, I just, I, I think... I've always thought that Tobey Walker was going to be a tremendous college basketball player. I, I just didn't necessarily think he'd be this good right now. I, I thought it might take more time, and maybe it will. Maybe it will. We'll, we'll see. But it looks really good right now for him. And I think Jonas Adu, since the moment anyone's ever seen this kid play basketball, you, you think, man, I don't know when he's going to reach his apex, but I really want to. I really want to see it. Because of all the different things he can do, I mean his his, the, the, his ability uh, to shoot the ball, uh, the touch that he has, uh, the way he can sit, kind of see the floor a little bit, the way he can go affect anything defensively, he can get his hands on so many shots and deflect things and impact things. I, I I'd like to have for Tennessee if I think you're building like an ideal college basketball team competing for championships. I still think you might the distribution of the players, you might have a little bit more in the front court as opposed to being so backcourt heavy, even though it's a guard oriented game. I think you'd like to like to have one kind of one other post player. You can really, really feel good about, and we'll see if the young guys can do that. Um, but those couple guys that you do have those veterans. And I basically think of James as a three, four right now anyway. So you put all those guys together. I think you could have a pretty fun front court. Like, I think they're going to be really good defensively. I think they're going to rebound the ball really well, and I think they're pretty they're they're they're, they're improving rapidly offensively, and I'm I'm excited to see those guys. I, I think that you'd like to have more proven depth, and they'll see if they can do that. But man, those the the fir- first few guys there on that depth chart, Ben, I like that a lot. I th- and I think yeah. Awaka is really exciting right now. He he is. Uh, the, <laughs> The, the whole team is exciting right now. Uh, I, I think if if you're a fan, you have to be really excited uh, about the, the season. I mean, we, we've talked about Freddie, Zakai, Tobe. Uh, we, we kind of mentioned the, the transfers and, and passing. We haven't even really talked about probably the two best players on the team and Josiah and Santi. <laughs> We're talking about all these from a basketball standpoint. You mean the, the player, the player slash coach, the, the, the player yes. slash coaches that they are now? Yes, the, the the Santiago Vescovi, who is uh, uh, led the SEC in three point shooting the, the last two seasons, and is probably going to finish in in school history as the second best three point shooter ever, behind a guy named Chris Lofton. And yeah, Jawan Smith had some good numbers too, but he he he's, he could pass him. 
if if you're finishing second behind Chris Lofton, that that's basically like finishing first at at, at most schools. Yeah. So th- there's just a whole lot to be excited about. I, I think Tobe, to your point, he, he's further along offensively than I expected. Uh, he, he's, but it's also not surprising on the other hand, because and this is saying something. As we know, that there's not a person in that basketball program that that doesn't work hard. And Tobey might be the one that works the hardest out of all of them, if that's even possible. So it's not surprising that he's taken the jump that he has. But I didn't think that he'd be this advanced offensively this quickly. And, and again, we'll we'll see if it translates to SEC play and and against better competition. But he's he's had a humongous humongous offseason, and uh, I haven't even talked about uh, Jonas Adu at length or uh, JP Estrella like. Those two have looked really good as well, given where they are in their career. You obviously can tell that JP is is a freshman, but you see why he was so highly recruited. And I've seen him give Jonas a bucket. I've seen him give Tobey a bucket. Is is he doing that consistently? I don't know. I don't see enough of practice, and probably not. He's a true freshman, um, but I I have seen glimpses and. You know, I think that he's going to be able to contribute. Uh, can Tennessee lean on him? No, he, he's too young to to do that right now and needs to develop more. But I think he's going to be a, a really nice front court piece behind Tobey and Jonas. And even with Jonas, defensively, it, it looks like it's finally clicked in his head. Like he's always been an athletic freak, obviously. Uh a, he has just so much size, and, and then you add the athleticism on top of that, and it, it's just a heck of a mix. But you, you could always, at least in my opinion, the last two years, see Jonas maybe thinking too much at, at times. And from what I've seen this summer, it looks like he's doing a lot less thinking on the defensive side of the ball and just going and letting his athleticism and his size take over. And, and I've and again, in the little that I've seen, he's made a lot of big-time defensive plays plays erasing shots at the rim so uh, i i think yes i agree i completely agree with you i i think in a perfect world you'd like to have more depth and, and proven bodies in the front court but i also think that that there's a lot of uh reason for optimism with those three guys and yeah josiah is probably more of a three traditionally um, but he's also going to slide down there and, and play some minutes as well and, and hey maybe jamai as well at the four yeah, and, and I, I think the thing with Adu is the the reason I've never doubted, I've never really had any doubt that at some point he would be a really, really good player because sometimes young guys that are like him and they're that kind of size and they're lanky when they get there, they're just kind of, they're not smooth, you know, like they're just kind of, it takes them too long because of the length of their legs, they kind of, they're not twitchy, you know, the, they just, they're a little bit stiff or rigid. Adu's always also been a little smooth. Like not, I'm not. He's not like Kevin Durant running around out there at that size. But I'm saying he's a guy who moves really, really well, like fluidly for a guy his size, and gets up and down the floor in a hurry. But he can also kind of move in little jolts here and there, and he's smooth about it. So when you have that combination, plus you have the ability naturally to shoot the ball pretty well. It was always going to take time, but the, every single piece has always been there. it's not like it's been a deal where the only question was, would he and Tennessee's coaches and Tennessee's fans, would everybody involved in the process have the patience required to see the end of it? You know, like what would he, if he didn't play as much as he wanted to early in his career, you never know in these days, portal would people leave and yada, yada, yada. 
um, or, or would he get down to about himself if things weren't going well and want to go somewhere else, which would be fine if he did. That's that's life. But if everybody involved was going to be patient enough to see the end result, it's always going to be a good result with him at the end of the day. If he's healthy, I'm telling you, that kid has every piece to be a really, really, really good player. He absolutely does, uh, which is why Rick Barnes, one of the best coaches in the country, recruited him and and why he was so highly ranked coming out of uh, high school. And another thing that I think fans uh, who, who tune in this weekend, I, I think what they'll be excited to watch, Wes, uh, is how Dalton Connect and Jordan Ganey are, are used and, and kind of the roles uh, on this team. I, I think Dalton is bona fide starting five and uh, Jordan Ganey is, is more of a, a rotational piece, uh, but I am excited to see how they fit in this weekend and uh, kind of how they, how they produce. I, I'm, I'm expecting big things out of Dalton connect. I, I said it earlier. Uh, he, he's an absolute bucket uh, on the offensive end and, uh, th- there are a lot of bodies uh, that that will be chipping in offensively, um, but I-, I think him or Santi are going to lead the team in scoring this season. Yeah, and, and I think Ganey's a guy who th- it could be a little bit of a misnomer how many minutes he might play on this trip because he's one of those guys who, when Ziegler comes back, is it, it will it'll be harder probably for him to get as many minutes. I'm guessing uh, and that's a that's a total guess on my part, but. It seems to be an educated one, or at least a slightly educated one. It just seems like he's a guy who he needs to impress as quickly as he can for this season because when the healthier Ziegler gets when he comes back, like all those guys who play in the backcourt, that's probably 30 minutes. When, when Ziegler is good and healthy, that's 30-plus minutes a game. Chalk him off, he's playing them. And so you're gonna you're fighting for a little bit of table scraps there in some ways to get yourself in the, in the mix and stay there. Um, but Connect, the only question I have – is, you know, will he be able to confidently, consistently get his shot off against really good defenders at a high level, which I think he probably can do. But when you make that transition athletically in terms of the conference and the caliber of play, and that's why he wanted to do it. He wanted to to pressure himself and push himself to do it um, because he wanted to see if he could do it and, and show to people and scouts and everybody else he could do it. Um, plus, it's just kind of neat if you've been playing in a place like Northern Colorado to come play at a place like Tennessee. That's just kind of a neat thing. Um, or Kentucky or anybody else who would have taken him because anybody would have. But my question is, is that that's the first one. And the second one is, if he's not a good defensive player, like I think we all know he's probably not going to be like a great defensive player. But if he's not like a good or decent defensive player, how much patience will Rick Barnes show with him? Because Rick Barnes it's like anytime there's a weak link in the chain defensively out there on the court, it, it's like a red light flashing at him to get that thing off the court. Like it, it, it's like a, it's like a piece of, it's like a rock in your shoe with him. Like if you see there's 10 guys on the floor, if one of his guys is the guy defensively who's getting picked on, he is going to take that guy off the court. He just is that he cannot, he's been doing this for too long. He is who he is. He's going to do that. So if that's the case, how much patience will he have with Connect during that process? And will Connect be so good offensively that he can withstand that and he can still be out there? Because that's going to be the thing. Like, if, if, if I remember this, you know, the, um, why is his name escaping me? Uh, he's played at like eight colleges the past eight years, went to Auburn, then Tennessee, then moved Justin to, Powell. Yeah, Justin Powell. When Justin Powell was there, there would be games and moments where he just wouldn't shoot for a while when he was out there. And, and Rick had to pull him to the side and be like, 
son, I'm not playing you for your defense. I'm playing you to go out there and shoot the basketball. That's what you do best. If you're not going to do that, you're not going to play. So you never, ever, ever turn out an open shot. You feel good. You get the ball. You shoot it. And, and you know, will connect, sort of have that confidence, and will he be able to sort of withstand defensively if he's not as good? Like, will Rick have the patience um, you know, will an old dog learn a new trick maybe there and, 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 and show patience with it? Cause he does want to be better offensively. He wants the team to be, be- to be better offensively to do that by nature. You're going to sacrifice some things defensively. You just are there, there. There's a finite amount of attention, uh, and time and work that can be put on offense and defense and, and anything in life. If you're putting more work into offense and getting better offensively, you're going to have to sacrifice a tiny bit defensively. And can he do that? That's a big question for me because he's going to have to do that, I think, for this team, the way college basketball is going now, the way the sport's going now. If he's ever going to kind of break through and get one of those, get back to the Final Four, win a national championship, he's going to have to make that adjustment. He's going to have to give a little bit defensively at times to put the ball in the bucket. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see if that happens. I think that it will happen. I, I don't think he expects Dalton to be – DJ Jefferson or Jemai Meshack or, or Jonas Adu. I, I don't think he expects him to be uh, the the anchor of the defense. Just don't be a complete liability yeah. out, out there on the floor. And I, I've already seen uh, Rick in practice yelling at Dalton and and, and Gain, Gainey, like you're not going to play if yep. if you don't <laughs> yep. step up defensively. That's, so, what I, that's what I was talking about. Like, will he, yeah, but will, the, will he also learn to of like, deal with that a little it, Yes, but he he's, in my opinion, referencing like don't be a complete liability. There, there's a difference between giving a little defensively and being a complete liability. I, I think he's willing to to give a little defensively and, again, not expect him to be Jemai Meshack or DJ Jefferson, but you can't go out there and, and just be a, a a complete liability. And, and I think that's what he's trying to drill in his head. And, and I, I kind of think that Dalton's going to be just fine defensively. Uh, he He's a a big body. He, he's pretty athletic uh, for his size. And that was one of the reasons he came to Tennessee. He, he told me when I met him at the airport after his official visit, like one of the things that he was entertained uh, when it came to, to Tennessee by was the fact that he knew that he needed to be better defensively if he wants to play in the NBA. And he thought coming and playing for, for Rick Barnes in Tennessee would, would help him get there. So uh, I think he's going to be Okay, again, I, I don't expect him to be one of Tennessee's best defenders, but I also don't think that he's going to be a liability whatsoever, especially because, Wes, DJ Jefferson and Jemai Meshack, everybody knows about Jemai Meshack. People are about to learn about DJ Jefferson and, and his athletic ability. And, and I mentioned earlier, like, Freddie's having some freshman mistakes uh, in terms of trying to do too much, maybe as, like, a passer. Uh, and DJ does a little bit of that defensively in, in terms of trying to make the home run play and, and go for the steal when when he probably shouldn't, which you he, you see redshirt freshmen do. But that kid is an athletic freak, and he's long, and he, he is, once he gets some experience under his belt, he, he's going to be, I think, just as good as defensively as Jemai one day. That That's how high of a ceiling I, I think DJ has on, on that side of the ball. Uh, and those two guys are going to be fun to watch play defense. Uh, I, I know defense isn't the sexy thing in, in sports anymore, but 
we all know what Jemai brings to the table. Somehow he is more chiseled this summer than than he was last season. Dude is shredded, man. He is he absolutely, is absolutely shredded. shredded. Uh, and DJ ha- has been very impressive. Again, I don't think he's going to have a large role on the team, but I definitely think he's going to get some minutes because of his defense. And Rick, last week, speaking to the media, uh, because DJ's shot has been fixed, uh, he had a little hitch in it. Uh, Rick fixed it. DJ talked at length about that. And uh, he, he, according to Rick, he's been their best three-point shooter, according to their numbers mm, this summer. So interesting. Uh, a three and D wing is is something that the NBA craves. And, and I'm not suggesting that he's going to be going for the NBA at, at the end of this season, but... Uh, I, I'm on. I'm as high on DJ Jefferson as I've ever been. Yeah, and, and I think uh, to counterpoint to what you said earlier, I, I, I'm not Rick Barnes, obviously, but if I were DJ Jefferson's coach, I would permit him like twice a game to super aggressively go for a steal because I would want to see him in a run out what he could do <laughs> throwing the ball down because that kid is an absolutely absurd dunker and there will be times where he will lift the lid off of that building with some of the stuff he can do like some of the stuff ponds used to do like i mean this kid is an audacious dunker like he will try stuff and he can finish it and it just, for people who didn't get there maybe they're pregame maybe they're caught in traffic where if you missed him last season in the layup line you missed about the most fun for most of the season, like there are parts of the season where it was about as fun to watch Jefferson during pregame warmups as it was to watch the game itself, because that kid puts on a show. I mean, he, he, he's built for like this generation of those highlights. Like he just absolutely is. Um, and if he can sit there and be like a tenacious defender and he can hit some open threes and he can get the crowd going with a couple of slams, like that's dude, if that's your role, dude, that's fine. You can, you can thrive in that role. Yeah, that that's okay. You know, it depends on maybe who you play with. It's like if you're if you're connect, right? Like if you're Dalton connect, you would want to surround him with four really good defenders, which Tennessee would do because that's just what Tennessee would do. And with Jefferson, you know, make sure if he doesn't quite get that three translated to games just yet, if it doesn't go smoothly, well then make sure you got a couple other guys out there who can space the floor so he can then running behind for lobs and can, you know, it, it just, it, it's putting together a puzzle is what it is. Um, but Jefferson is a guy who absolutely like Meshack's an energy player. Jefferson is absolutely, absolutely an energy player too. He's a guy who I could see in some games where if Barnes gets frustrated at some of the other guys, he throws Jefferson out there and he's like, give us a spark kid. Go out there and go out there and do something. Go out there and get a steal, get a dunk, get into somebody's business Get the get the team going, get the crowd going. He's a guy who could do that. He absolutely can. Uh, I'm I'm really excited, and uh, I I think we've mentioned everybody uh, on the roster. But we sort of should uh, with basketball, you know. Yes, uh, yes. There's obviously not a ton of guys, but I, I think it speaks to the potential depth of this basketball team. I said it earlier, and I really do believe it. I think this team has the potential to have as much depth, more depth than than any Rick Barnes coached team at Tennessee, and and I think that's saying something, considering some of the teams that that he has had. So, uh, very curious to see how these three games in Italy go. Uh, th- this has been a very optimistic glass half full podcast. Yeah, and they're 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 uh, doing like a Lake Como boat tour, like they're going to see the Vatican, like they're seeing some of the most spectacular sights in the world. So. 
you know, enjoy this, kids. Enjoy it. This has been a very glass half full and optimistic podcast. And, and I'm sure at some point we'll come back down to, to earth a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of the, the nature of sports. But uh, I, I really believe like that there's a lot of reason for optimism uh, around this basketball team and, and, and some flaws will develop and, and we'll discover some flaws over the course of, of the season uh, leading into the season. But ultimately the, this team is going to have far more strengths than weaknesses and this is a team that's going to be one of the best in the sec i think one of the best in the country i don't know what that's top five top 15 top 20 i don't know what that looks like but they're definitely a top 25 team at minimum it's a team in my opinion it's early but should be pushing to make a final four run elite eight run somewhere in there they have that much talent they have that much depth that much ability uh, so I'm I'm I really do believe in, in all the optimism that I am expressing uh, based off of things that that I'm hearing and, and also getting my eyes on the guys uh, over the course of, of July. So very interested to see how these three games go. And, and before we know it, uh, it will be basketball time in Tennessee. The exhibition is October 31st, I believe, on Halloween. Goodness gracious against Lenore Ryan. Thanks for that, that by is, the way, guys. Thanks for that. None of us have kids or anything. Thank you <laughs> so much for that. Right. Uh, that That's three months away, so it, it'll be here before we know it. Uh, the schedule for this weekend, uh, Tennessee is playing the Lithuania U21 national team on Friday good and team. Saturday. What? I was just saying good team like Lithuania. They play some ball there. Yes, they, they absolutely are. It'll be a nice uh, test for them. Uh, it'll be a, a 1 p.m. Eastern start here in the States, uh, 7 p.m. local time. Uh, and then on Monday, they're playing A.S. Stella Azura. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. I don't know. Um, they'll they'll play at 7.30 local time, 1.30 p.m. Eastern in the States. And unfortunately, you do have to have a subscription, and they get you – Flow Sports does by having to access a one-month subscription, and I believe it is $30. I have, I have not clicked on the link, but I did have some people tell me that it was $30. So uh, uh, kind of a bummer, but hey, uh, if, if you want to watch Tennessee basketball, I guess you got to do what you got to do. So Wes, it'll be interesting to, to see how it how it plays out, and, and we'll have plenty of coverage up at the site in addition to fall camp over the course of the weekend. Yeah, and there's a reason why. I'm glad that before we get out of here, I'm glad you mentioned the 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 fact that we everyone will have to come back down to earth before the season starts. And there's a reason that early in the podcast, I, I knew where this or sort of had a feeling where this thing might go in terms of the optimism with the depth and the athleticism. And so I wanted to mention right off the bat, be a little bit more you know glass half empty to start with because I kind of figured where it was going to go. And I wanted to make sure to mention that off the top, some of those concerns, because I think, one, they're very real. They're legitimate concerns, um, and we need to be uh, – there needs to be an, a level of, of objectivity about that. There are some concerns. And, and two, um, I, you, just, you just sort of knew where things might go, and so you wanted to say off the beginning, hey, by the way, before we say a bunch of really, really stuff about how good this team could be and depth and yada, yada, let's make sure we note on the front end – there are some concerns, but um, and that's why will the guys will that depth be a blessing or could it be a little problematic? I mean that that's why 
I I did that. But I, I think, yeah, there's a lot more reason for, for optimism than anything else. And, and I hope those guys have it because last season was just not consistently a fun ride for them. And I hope for some of those guys that it, it goes better this year. Expectations are high, and they should be because they have the makings of a very, very good basketball team. And it'll be fun to watch them try and piece that together over the next couple of months. And like I said, we'll have plenty of coverage of the Italy tour, the three games that are played up at GoVols 24-7, in addition to all of the football content and coverage that you need for West Rucker. I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the GoVols 24-7 podcast. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the GoVols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That, that is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.